I'm Roy Lee Lindsay with the North Carolina Pork Council, and I want everyone to remember, bacon makes everything better. folks, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, now seen and heard exclusively here on the new North Carolina Sports Network. Please be sure to bookmark and visit our new website, ncsportsnetwork.com, where you can find daily articles and direct links to our wide variety of podcasts, YouTube channel offerings, David Glenn Show t-shirts, additional merchandise options, and lots of other fun stuff. That's at ncsportsnetwork.com. Our very special guest today, Takeo Siddle, is the fourth-year head coach of the UNC Wilmington men's basketball program and a former assistant coach at both Gardner-Webb and NC State here in North Carolina. He's a native of Eden, North Carolina, which is north of Greensboro and up there near the Virginia border, and he was a basketball star at Moorhead High School before finishing his pre-college playing career at one of the top prep programs in America, Hargrave Military Academy in Virginia. Siddle then played college hoops at Gardner-Webb and earned a sociology degree that we'll ask him about later there before jumping directly into coaching. Among his many other accomplishments, Coach Siddle has now had a hand in two enormous upsets of the nationally renowned Kentucky Wildcats on their famous home floor at Rupp Arena. In 2007, 16 years ago, as a Gardner-Webb player, Siddle helped the running Bulldogs to an 84-68 upset victory over the number 23 Wildcats. 16 years later, this past Saturday, as the UNC Wilmington head coach, Siddle led the Seahawks to an 80-73 victory at number 12 Kentucky, once again at Rupp Arena in Lexington, one of the most storied venues in all of college basketball. Fun fact, the Wildcats of Kentucky currently are coached by John Calipari, who everyone knows as a national championship coach, but not as many realize is also a former UNC Wilmington student and basketball player. That was way back in 1978 through 1980. UNC Wilmington's win over UK was the Seahawks' first road victory over a top 25 opponent in their 40-plus years as a Division I men's basketball program. Coach Siddle, who worked as an assistant under Kevin Keats on some very successful teams at both UNCW and NC State, was hired as the Seahawks' head coach in March of 2020. During the three years when Keats and Siddle were together in Wilmington, the Seahawks won back-to-back championships in what's now called the Coastal Athletic Association and played in back-to-back NCAA tournaments. That's in 2016 and 2017, which is when the Wolfpack came calling for Keats, who brought Siddle with him to Raleigh at the time. Now, during his three-plus seasons back in Wilmington as the Seahawks' head coach, Siddle has led the team to significant success, including 27 wins and the College Basketball Invitational Postseason Championship in 2022, when UNCW also won the CAA regular season title and Siddle was named the CAA Coach of the Year. This season, the Seahawks are expected to contend 
with College of Charleston, Drexel, Hofstra, and others for the CAA Championship and the league's automatic NCAA tournament bid. As we welcome Coach Takeo Siddle to the David Glenn Show shortly, some quick reminders to our many friends, viewers, listeners, and followers who either live in the greater Wilmington area or occasionally are smart enough to visit that wonderful coastal area of our great state. Three of our most valued and appreciated sponsors here at the new North Carolina Sports Network call the greater Wilmington area home. King Neptune Restaurant in Wrightsville Beach, the oldest restaurant in New Hanover County, and recently renovated to an impeccable degree by our good friends Jimmy Galise and his amazing wife Keaton. They are always a great choice for dinner and or drinks, and they're now open for lunch too. Jimmy's Bar, right next door to King Neptune, where there's live music and or a festive atmosphere virtually every day of the year, and Last but not least, the original Saltworks, a legendary breakfast and lunch place filled with creative and tasty menu options and a hardworking staff that always seems to be smiling. They're on Oleander Drive in Wilmington. That's run by another good friend of the DG show, Bob Hubbard. Every time you visit King Neptune Restaurant or Jimmy's Bar or the original Saltworks or all three, it is a win-win-win situation. They treat you well and earn your future business. You get a great meal and or beverage and end up as a very happy customer. And by supporting those great folks, you are indirectly supporting us here at the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network, which we appreciate to a degree that is hard to fully explain. It truly means a lot. So thank you for your support. On the other side, UNC Wilmington, head basketball coach Takeo Siddle. Hey folks, David Glenn, right here in Raleigh, one of my favorite restaurants for many years has been The Oak, Scratch Kitchen and Bourbon Bar. It's located on Lake Boone Trail, which happens to be a perfect location for a great meal and beverage if you're on your way to nearby Carter-Finley Stadium or perhaps PNC Arena for a concert, Wolfpack or Hurricanes game or other event. The menu is incredibly tasty and creative. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. The bourbon options are as high-end and varied as you'll find anywhere. The staff is super classy and first-rate, and I've just always loved the people, the food, and the overall vibe there. When I took Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon to lunch, yes, meaning the billionaire who owns the hockey team, I took him to the Oak. Seriously, it's that good. Learn more or make a reservation by visiting their website, theoakraleigh.com. That's theoakraleigh.com. Special thanks to Nick and Haley and their team for joining the family here at the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network. Okay, without further ado, we welcome our featured guest of the week, UNC Wilmington basketball coach Takeo Siddle is from Eden, North Carolina, and a former basketball star at Moorhead High School right here in North Carolina. He played and later served as an assistant coach at his alma mater, Gardner-Webb University. And with one of his mentors, Kevin Keats, he's been an important part of NCAA tournament teams at both UNC Wilmington and NC State. Now, in his fourth season as the head coach of the Seahawks, Coach Siddle just recently became a sensation sweeping the nation. 16 years after helping Gardner-Webb beat a nationally ranked Kentucky team at Rupp Arena during his playing days, 
He and his UNCW team just went to Rupp and beat another nationally ranked Kentucky team right there in front of the Wildcats home fans. With that combination, he became just the third person ever to win a game at Kentucky as both a player and as a coach. And he's the only one who did so without playing or coaching in the Wildcats League, meaning the Southeastern Conference. That win, by the way, was also UNCW's first ever road victory over a top 25 opponent. Takeo Siddle, welcome to the David Glenn Show and the new North Carolina Sports Network. Coach, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, what an introduction that was. Uh, <laughs> I've never been introduced like that, but I appreciate it, man. I appreciate um, all the kind words. and I'm excited to be on today. Well, thank you. Did you even know, or maybe shortly after Saturday's win, somebody told you, it's you, Mark Gottfried, and Mike White, are the only guys who have ever won at Kentucky as both a player and as a coach. And, of course, those guys are SEC guys, so they had more opportunities. You've only had one opportunity as a player and one as a coach, and you're 2-0. I mean, what does that mean to you? That means a lot, uh, for sure. I didn't. I knew it was three of us, but I didn't know the other two guys. Um, but that's that's some pretty good company uh, to be in. But, um, you know, like, like, I told, um, like I told some people after the game, you know, as a player, uh, it was great. Um, as a player, you're just out there playing. You're trying to win. Um, and after you win, you're excited. Uh, and it's more more for yourself and, and for your, your teammates. But uh, this meant a lot more as a coach because I was able to celebrate with a lot of our supporters, and uh, donors, and our athletic director, um, our chancellor, um, and then our players. We were able to celebrate with them and watch them um, you know, experience exactly what I experienced as a player. So it meant a lot more to me, and it's one of those memories that I'll never forget. We're going to ask you some questions to get to know you a little bit better, but back to Saturday, I read both that you joked, one, 16 years ago is literally a lifetime almost for your players, so you don't ask them to go down like the glory days road very often, if ever. But also, there was something close to a deja vu moment, whether it was the fans walking out or the place getting quiet or whatever. How many parallels were there uh, between 2007 and 2023? It was quite a bit. It was quite a bit. You know, I I mentioned um, the time when we beat them when I was a player. Um, but my guys, they like I told the media, they don't want to hear about my glory days. But <laughs> my reference was to uh, the fact that we we believed when we went in there, we believed that we could win the game, and um, obviously we showcased that throughout the entire game. When when we uh, we were up fourteen, and we really never looked back. We never looked back, and it was loud to start. And then um, when there's about ten minutes left, and we were still up big. And then the clock started winding down. Um, it got really quiet in there. And then shortly after that, people started leaving before the game was over with. And the same thing happened um, a couple, last week when we were up there and it was loud. Um, and we kept on swinging. We kept on swinging. And, um, we calmed the crowd down a lot. And then when everybody started leaving before the game was over with, uh, that was a, a real deja vu moment for me. And, it was surreal. Um, it was great to be a part of. And uh, just like I said, just to see the joy on the kids' face and see how happy they were, it, it made my day. Obviously, Coach, you could have gotten some cool phone calls back in 2007. 
Uh, but the world has changed, right? We didn't have social media in 2007. I don't think we had quite as much texting in 2007 as we have nowadays. Was there anyone who either surprised you with a text or a phone call or a social media post or, or maybe said something that was particularly meaningful to you coming out of this Kentucky win? Yeah, I mean, I, I received a ton of text messages and, and phone calls, um, and I wanted to wait a day before I responded to everybody because we shortly got right on a flight. Um, so I did, I wanted to hit everybody back at the same time, so I waited. And I, I made sure I responded to everybody on the Sunday. But um, I got a, you know, a couple guys in the league. You know, we're competing against each other, and we all want the same thing for our programs. I got a um, a couple text messages from guys in my league, which were surprising to me. Yeah, uh, that was surprising to me. And um, you know, obviously, my mentors, uh, Kevin Keith and Chris Holman and uh, Tim Kraft, they 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 sent nice text messages. And, um, you know, but but to me, the most important one was from my from my mom. Uh, yeah, you know, she she texted me and and um, told me how proud how proud she was of me and. Uh, for me being her baby boy and accomplish, accomplishing so much um, in my in my early head coaching career and uh, just overall, she just she wrote me a really li nice long text message and and it really um, it got me emotional. So um, that was probably the most important one that I received. Takeo Siddle is joining us on the David Glenn Show, Coach. Your team's radio voice, Mike Vaccaro, really cool guy. He said in his two decades with the Seahawks. He couldn't remember a regular season win where you got back to campus and students are running all over the place. There's pretty cool video. Some fans showed up. They've done that, I know, for big postseason victories at times. But what, what can you describe about that scene? And what does it mean to 18 to 22-year-olds when they see that kind of reaction? Well, I'll start off by saying this. Mike does a tremendous job. Um, and we work hand in hand together with our radio show and our TV show. Um, and he, he's the best. He's the best. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's very, uh, very easy to work with. Cool. Uh, so I want to give him a lot of credit for, for what he does. Uh, I'm really close with our, with our students. You know, I'm, I'm probably um, different from other head coaches. I, I interact with them on social media. They always um, DM me and, um, you know, ask me questions. And, they want me to do certain things, and um, you know I'm very close with with our with our students. And uh, when we arrived on campus, right when we pulled in, um, I got a text message saying that the guy, you know, some people are going to be out waiting on us. And so we when we pulled in, we have a, um, a song right before we jump ball here is the pump it up song. Yeah, and they were playing it, they were blasting it on the speakers. <laughs> um, you know, they were so excited. They were jumping around. They picked me up and tried to crowd surf me. And <laughs> it was it was great to experience that with them. But, you know, my overall goal is to create, um, you know, some memories for not only my players, but for the students who come and support us and to make their four years here at UNCW uh, some of the best uh, times of their life. And if I can, if I can be a, a small part in that, I want to be. Uh, I had a bunch of them tell me, Coach, this is uh, one of the best experiences that I've ever had. Thank you for making my college, um, my college time here, the best ever. Uh, that made me feel good. 
So I just want to continue to, to keep doing my part and helping their college experience be one that they won't forget. UNCW's Takeo Siddle is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Uh, we have both listeners and viewers, so I do want to specify to the viewers, the UNCW on my chest is part like just a shout out and a thank you to Coach Siddle. But for those who don't remember, I have been teaching at UNCW in the Department of Communication for several years. Uh, so I'm going to upgrade this shirt just so you know soon, Coach, to, to reflect to reflect your new sponsor. Hey, uh, some of your mentors describe you as an extremely level-headed guy. And they say that you were that even at 17 and 18 years old. Uh, kind of a two-part question. One is, where does that come from? I mean, were you just wired that way or did you have to make yourself that way? And two, in that huddle at Rupp Arena, when stuff's flying sideways at times and stuff's getting stressful, do you have to force yourself to be that calm guy because you think that's what your team needs? Or are you actually wired in a way that it's natural for you to sort of just be that level-headed even in that kind of moment? Well, I'll give credit to my to my mom. Um, you know, she she's we're just alike. We're just cool. alike. We're cool, calm, collected. Um, we were even keel, uh, never too high, never too low. Um, and then playing a point guard position uh, in high school, playing it in, in college, I knew that I had to be that calming presence for for my teammates, um, and not you know getting rattled and and chaotic times. Um, so I, I would give I would give credit to my my college coach as well, my high school coach, my mom, and uh, my grandma, people who raised me. Um, so they they deserve a lot of credit. Um, but in that huddle, <laughs> in that huddle, I didn't respond the same way when we were at East Carolina a couple of days before. Yeah, um, it's just having a feel. I feel like I'm pretty good with that, having a feel for what what's needed at the time. I knew that we had experienced uh, some adversity at East Carolina and um, we didn't handle it the right way. And with the veteran group that I have and the character that we have in our locker room, uh, I knew they understood when I got my point across of us, us not handling that adversity the right way. So going into the Kentucky game, I knew that uh, they would be, they would be anxious. I knew that, um, you know, it may, I want to say fear. They'd be a little nervous with the yeah. with the crowd and the banners, the atmosphere. So I wanted to make sure that I was as cool and calm as possible. We had talked about adversity hitting us in the game and responding the right way this time. And so when it hit, that was a perfect time for me to kind of sit back and let them talk it out a little bit. And then me come in on the back end and be very calm and, um, you know, just talk about responding the right way and responding together as a team. And I thought we did a really good job of it. And our, and our veterans and our experienced upperclassmen guys, they help with that as well. I've seen your players say that whereas video study is not always fun, you know, because you get to circle what went wrong. And uh, actually, I've heard them say that your tone is not you know, degrading or demeaning or it's, it's, Hey, you know, we can't do this and expect to win, or you can't make that mistake repeatedly and expect to still start or still get to, you know, maintain your role on this team or whatever. And you have an educational tone, at least the way it's been described to me. Are you a believer coach? Sometimes a coach will say, if we didn't have those learning experiences in defeat, 
against App and ECU. I'm not sure we go to Kentucky and beat the number 12 team in the nation. Right. Is that an exaggeration, or do you think that's real life? No, it's real life. It's real life, and, and, and it takes you some time to get to the point where you realize that. I don't know my first year. I don't know if I would have realized that. But going through it, understanding the process, and understanding you know, what, what non-conference basketball is about and November basketball, December basketball, understanding what it's about puts things in perspective. Um, you know, I am, I'm, you know, I, when I got into coaching, I said, I'm going to be very direct with my guys. Uh, I think you can, you know, the only way you get um, what you want and to reach your potential is you have to be able to take the truth and so I am pretty direct with the guys. You know, sometimes it's delivered in a calming tone. Sometimes it, you know, it, it takes a different tone to get the point across. But if we don't, if we don't lose like we did against um, App State, we don't beat Florida Gulf Coast because hmm. we go in there feeling, feeling fat and happy and thinking that everything is is all good, which it wasn't. We weren't executing our system the right way. If we don't lose to East Carolina, where we didn't respond to adversity, we don't handle the adversity in the Kentucky game as well, and maybe we fold again. So I do believe that, and it sucks because we all want to go undefeated, but I do believe that um, with the character that we have in our locker room, I keep going back to that because they don't respond the way that they did if they didn't have high character. They don't take the coaching, the film, the way that they're supposed to if their character's not right. So we took that East Carolina situation and we flipped it and turned it into a positive. And the guys really, they locked in the film. They were dialed into the scout report. And we came out and the East Carolina game helped us beat Kentucky. So the two losses that we've taken, um, it definitely helped us, it helped us along the way. And I even think the Kentucky game, just in general, us winning, uh, we didn't do everything right. And so immediately we watch film, we talk about the good, we talk about the bad and things we need to clean up, and then we go out and pursue it and practice every day. So that's just part of the process. Coach, I read that you felt a sense of relief after beating Kentucky, even more than a sense of joy. And I just want you to elaborate on that because life is short, man. Like you, you got to have some fun. But quick story: when I was a really young student reporter, I knew the current UNC football coach, Mac Brown, and he said that as a young man, he did not enjoy victories enough, and he beat himself to smithereens over defeats. And he promised his wife Sally that as a seventy-year-old man now, he was going to do a better job of all that. So I asked the follow-up question, are you doing a better job in your 70s? And he's like, not really. I'm making some of the same mistakes. Uh, is it is it that you have to be wired that way to be as successful as you are? Because I don't want to imagine a Takeo Siddle <laughs> being mostly relieved for whatever future success you have coming your way. No, no. Like, I, look, winning is fun. That's what <laughs> I tell my guys. Like, if somebody says, I'm not having fun. Winning is fun. Yeah. It's, it feels so good. Um, but just what I meant by that is like my our fans and the players, they enjoy it a different way than I do. Yeah. It's a relief. Like it's like 
okay, yeah, we won the game. Obviously feeling good. That's great. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it until I can't anymore. Um, but what I meant when I said it is like, hey, you know, as a as a head coach, you're like you're coming off of a huge win, so your players are on a high. Um, you know, you don't want to go and get embarrassed. The fan base will be crushing you, especially after losing to East Carolina the way we did. Um, so it's a relief in that in that sense. But it's like, all right, now my guys are they're feeling good about themselves. So my mind immediately goes to, okay, I'm going to let them enjoy it Saturday, Sunday. But when we get back in there on Monday, I got to humble those guys. Yeah. We got to get them back, back even, even kill. We got, we got to take that and have some humility with it, but we can't let it define our season. We have to use it and build on it um, and, and handle it the right way. We have to get better. That was my main message to him. I'm proud of you. We did some really good things, but we have to get better because uh, there's so much more out there for us to get. And we didn't just sign up for this season just to beat Kentucky. We want other things. So we have to continue to pour into our process and do our days well. And that's that's what I meant by that. Um, but, no, absolutely enjoy it because losing <laughs> sucks. But I understand now more that I told the guys if we lose by doing our system and, and they just beat us, I'm okay. Uh, and we can learn from that. But if we just go out and we're not playing winning basketball and we're getting away from who we are, that's when I get upset. But, um, you know, like I, I can I can handle a loss, but um, winning is absolutely fun. Let me say that. Yeah. UNCW's Takeo Siddle, head basketball coach at UNC Wilmington, is joining us. His Seahawks are among the favorites with College of Charleston and Drexel and Hofstra and others in what is now called the Coastal Athletic Association. It's taken me a while to make that adjustment. Uh, <laughs> you too, too, probably, Coach. Uh, I have seen some cool boxing references from you, and I wonder – if that is a sport that you're a fan of, or or maybe it's just a convenient analogy uh, for our viewers and listeners, Coach Siddle referred to Muhammad Ali, whether things were going poorly or well, he never flinched in the ring. And, and uh, I remember a Mike Tyson reference where some of Tyson's opponents, and this would have applied to me if I ever had to fight the guy, they, lost, they lost before they stepped in the ring. And I can see how these psychological principles would apply to you as a coach and even the sport of basketball. But give us a sense, you know, of, of where those specific references come from and who you are as a sports fan beyond basketball, perhaps. Yeah, I, I'd rather watch boxing than, than basketball. I mean, wow. Boxing fan. Wow. Boxing fan. I've always been a boxing fan. I, you know, I just respect their, their work ethic and um, they're some of the toughest guys out there. You know, the UFC guys, the boxing guys, there's some of the toughest guys out there. And and I have a couple of my players on the team that really love boxing too. So we kind of connect in, in that way. Cool. Um, you know, we, we, we talk about it a lot. Um, and, and, you know, I, I like, um, you know, when I referenced uh, Mike Tyson, that was to the Kentucky game, you know, going in and being enamored with the, the you know, banners and um, the atmosphere. Um, so a lot of people go in there and they've lost the game before the game's even played. You know, we played UNC last year and my guys were in there taking pictures and videos. And I knew then that we, we were going to lose the game. Um, 
And then um, with the Muhammad Ali deal, we had just we just got our tail kicked by App State. And uh, you know, my message was, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna experience some rough times. And, you know, Muhammad Ali was a guy. He he stood in the middle of the ring. He didn't blink. Um, he didn't flinch. When we when we play throughout this year, um, you know, we're going to take some lumps, but we're not going to flinch. We're just going to keep on. We're just going to keep on swinging. We're going to stand right in the middle of the ring, and we're going to keep swinging, and uh, we're going we're gonna to hit people more times than they hit us. So let's just keep rolling. But, no, I love boxing. One thing I'm not sure I've ever seen before, Coach, in college basketball, I'm sure it's happened. I just don't recall it. If I remember correctly, from mid-November, to like January 11th, I think it is, you guys have one home game and it's this coming Sunday. I I, I don't know. Have you ever seen that? Like, is this, is this, a was this by design? Did it just fall this way? I mean, I know you got to, you got to do the money game at Kentucky. The school makes a lot of money and you get the win, which is really, that's doubly nice. But, but how did this happen? And is, is there a possible upside to living out of a suitcase for two months? Uh, I tell you what, it's it feels good to be home. <laughs> yeah. It feels good to be home, but no, it was not by design. Um, I don't know who in their right mind would design it this way. <laughs> uh, nobody, nobody would come and play us here. Nobody, you know, we return over seventy percent of our scoring. We return, um, you know, nine guys, nine scholarship guys from last year's team, and obviously we won twenty four games and lost in the championship game of our conference tournament. So uh, we tried, you know, we, we tried to pay people to come and nobody wanted to come. Nobody wanted to come. And so we had to schedule some games. And, um, you know, I think I'll say fortunately, uh, we were able to get on the road against some quality opponents. And we've had some success and we've had some failures. But all in all, I think it's going to prepare us for league play. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, but we'll be battle tested on the road. And one thing I always tell the guys is that uh, you can't consider yourself a good team or one of the elites till you learn how to win on the road on a consistent basis. So I'm going to live by that. And, um, you know, we're going to keep on pushing along. We're at the get closing in on the end of our non-conference and, and hope to finish off strong. For those who haven't seen, there's a forward, Trezarian White, who's a big-time player and a returning starter for the Seahawks. Shaikim Phillips at the guard position. Malik Harden-Hayes, another returning starter. Uh, they're part of just a really impressive nucleus for the Seahawks of Coach Takeo Siddle. Uh, all right, Coach, I won't keep you too much longer, but I'm curious, as a student myself in college, sociology classes – opened my eyes as much as any classes. I And I was a journalism student, and I'm also a, a lawyer. So I've taken a lot of courses in a lot of areas. Sociology blew my mind as a 20-year-old or whatever I was at the time. That was your major at Gardner-Webb. What did you learn? Was it eye-opening for you? Maybe you weren't as surprised as I was. Uh, and does can you apply any of those principles you learned from your academic background to your coaching career? 100 percent 100 percent like when i when i went to college i'm like thinking that i'm gonna be this like professional basketball player when i get done and like every other kid does right like yeah so i'm like okay what's the 
the easiest, most relatable major that I could get in. And everybody on the team was was doing uh, was sociology majors. Um, you know, it's Gardner Webb was small, so we knew all the professors. They they were like uh, really intimate with us. Uh, but yeah, like when I got done there and I got into coaching, I'm like, you know, to interacting with people. You know, yeah. that's what sociology is. And, uh, man, this helped me in so many ways, so many ways, not only dealing with my my players, but, you know, the, the speaking engagements, the um, interacting with our with our fans and donors. Uh, it's helped me in so many ways. And I'm very thankful that that I chose to uh, to go that route. Um, I didn't think that it would help me like like it has, but it, it certainly uh, served its purpose. This may be another mom question. I'm not sure. But when I asked Kevin Keats about you, he used the phrase tireless work ethic. When I asked Chris Holtman about you, he used the phrase extremely hardworking. Uh, did you learn that as a child growing up in Eden, North Carolina? Did it did it have to evolve along the way, maybe your teen years? Tell us a little bit about that. You know, I, I work I work really hard, um, you know, as a, at an early age. I don't know who, who, uh, how many of you guys have been to Eden, North Carolina, but it's not a lot there. And I knew right. at an early age I wanted to, I wanted more for myself. Um, and so, um, you know, basketball, I fell in love with it. You know, I played football up until the eighth grade, but when I got to, when I basketball was my was my first love, and I, I uh, really poured into it um, in high school. And um, you know, I knew I wanted to play Division One basketball. Um, then I went to Hargrave. I thought I was working hard in high school. I went to Hargrave Military Academy. I'm playing, you know, with 13 other uh, Division One athletes on a daily basis. So, you know, then they showed me what hard work really is. Then I get to college. Um, then that's another level. They showed me hard, what hard work was. And then I get out of the business, uh, out of out of playing, out of college, and. And I jump into the business and I'm working with, with uh, Kevin Keats at a hard grave and, um, you know, seeing the work that, that he put in and, uh, to build that program up. And then I get with Chris Holtman and um, he's a, you know, a guy that's in the office all the time. A guy that's thinking and, and you know, constantly trying to improve his craft all the time. And, um, you know, so I, I kind of learned on this side of things. I learned how to, to work, um, but be productive while you're working. I learned it, a lot of it from, from him, and, him and Kevin. Uh, I'm not a guy that's going to sit up in the office all day. I'm not getting here at 4 a.m. and standing here to, to nighttime. But when we come in here, we work. We get our work done, and we work when we get home, too. But, um, you know, it's kind of been developed over the years. And, you can't you can't have anything. It's crazy that you mentioned that. I told my guys yesterday because they were like, man, coach, we just had two of the hardest practices that we've had all year. And I said, listen, if you don't work, you don't eat. Right? <laughs> if you don't work, you don't eat. And the only way I know how to do it is, is to, to put the work in. And um, you, you have to grind if you want to be successful. So um, that's just kind of kind of how I'm built and um, how I was raised. We're going to get you out of here, Coach, with what we call our lightning round. I could talk to you all day, but I don't want to gobble up too big a chunk of your I'm day. Good. i got all the time. We saw all day. The, the, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll squeeze in one more long-form question since you mentioned that. 
Uh, I have shared with you, I, I've taught at UNC Wilmington for several years. It's a near and dear place to my heart. It's not officially my alma mater, but it's, it's without getting too, you know, uh, emotional about it, it's just very important to me. My wife and I, I told you, got married in Wrightsville Beach. We got engaged in Wilmington, and we have a lot of friends down there. When I put myself in your shoes specifically as the basketball coach, I know I would sell that this is not a football school and we are all about basketball and baseball and other things, but I'd sell that. I I don't know if I would sell that I am a three wood from the Atlantic Ocean because I don't know if I want dudes who like the beach too much because that means they're not sweating in the gym. How does that picture go? For me, um, obviously, we, we show them the, the city and we do all of that. Let me let me rewind. When we first, when I first took over here, and and when we first took over, when I was with Kevin, that's what we had. We had a lot of guys that like going to the beach, and they they loved partying at the beach bars and doing all of that. Yeah. So when I got here, it was the same way as a head coach. So you're absolutely right um, that you want to show them that, but you don't want that to be what brings them here. But our culture, our culture, and there's so much that goes into it. Um, we call it the UNCWA. Um, our culture is, is so unique. I don't know what other places do. I've been in a couple other programs, but our culture is something that we really sell. Our family atmosphere, the way we operate, the way we do things. Uh, and it takes a different type of player to, to come here and, and be in our, in our program. Um, you know, the first thing we always talk about is, is what kind of character are you? Like what, what kind of what kind of character do you have? And um, that's the number one thing for me. You have to have a high character, and you know you can't just be all about basketball and be about the wrong things off the court. So character and uh, your academics, all of that stuff's important to me. And then somebody that's obsessed with you know the game and that wants to be a professional basketball player. Um, you know, now I know everybody won't be that. I know it's not going to happen for everybody, but if you if you have everybody that, that wants to at least, you know, say they're going to be a professional basketball player and they're actively pursuing that, then what you get is the result that we've had over the last uh, few years. And uh, guys, it's just, um, you know, that's just obsessed with the process of, of getting better and obsessed with winning. So um, I would say our culture is, is, is about as unique as, um, as anybody in the country. I will put that up against anybody. Man, I'm glad you gave me a chance to ask that one more question. Now it's time for the lightning round. Three of our sponsors are right there in your backyard, Coach. So the lightning round with Coach Takeo Siddle is brought to you by King Neptune Restaurant in Wrightsville Beach, Jimmy's Bar right next door, and The Original Salt Works, an awesome place uh, right there on Oleander Drive, I believe, in Wilmington for breakfast or lunch, uh, all run by our friends Bob Hubbard, Jimmy Galise, and his amazing wife, Keaton. All right, Coach, you can be as short as you want to be on these. We always brag in our state that we have cool beach houses and cool lake houses and cool mountain houses. Most states only have like one or two of those options. For the Siddle clan, uh, would you which would you pick first, beach house, mountain house, or lake house? Beach house. I'm a beach guy, 100%. Amen. Uh, what about a favorite a vacation destination in the United States or otherwise that you've experienced? 
You're going to call me crazy when I say this. Uh, I love going to Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> I love it. Uh, every chance I get, I go to Charleston. That is an honest man. For those who don't see the irony, hey, listen, College of Charleston is one of their bigger rivals in the CAA. <laughs> look, I, forget College of Charleston. I love Charleston. <laughs> but um, I'm not a guy that's – I don't like getting on planes and traveling for nine, ten hours. And we don't get much time off anyway. So if I can hop in a car and drive three and a half hours down the road and get everything that I want uh, – you know, I'm going to do it every time. So I don't, I don't like wasting my time in the car or on a plane. So, hey, in all seriousness, coach, I'm a lifelong East Coast guy. Grew up in the Philadelphia area, lived in Miami for a while, have loved North Carolina for 30 plus years. There are only a few cities north that are on the Atlantic Ocean, north of Jacksonville, Florida, and south of Virginia Beach. You work in one of them, Wilmington. Yep. And you just mentioned one of the only other ones. It's like Savannah, Charleston, Wilmington. If you want to call Myrtle Beach a city, I mean, it's a short list, and you you got two of them uh, right there on your radar. Um, yeah. How about a a favorite musical performer or two from either your childhood or today or otherwise? Oh man, that's a good that's a good one. I was able to go to um, watch Drake perform live. Awesome. I want to say on my 25th birthday. Wow. Who else have I seen? I would probably say I would probably say Drake. Drake was probably uh, one of the more impressive ones that I've I've been to. You don't have to hit all of these, but is there a favorite actor or actress or author or artist um, that just has kind of resonated with you over the years? I'm a Denzel Washington guy. Uh, I love Seth Seth Rogen. Uh, yeah, you know, he, he's funny. I'll probably say those two guys are two guys that I like the most. We'll get you out of here with this. Our title sponsor here at the David Glenn Show is the North Carolina Pork Council. Uh, do you have a favorite pork product, you know, among Eastern-style barbecue, Western-style barbecue, good old-fashioned bacon, pork shoulders, or anything else? I'm a big burnt ends guy. Nice. You know, you know most places you can only get them on a couple days out of the week. But I uh, like heading over to Moe's off, uh, off Oleander. And uh, I'm a big burnt ends guy. I like some ribs. Um, but those are, those are my two go-tos. Good stuff, man. Hey, it's been fun. I appreciate you letting us get to know you a little bit better today with this extended visit. Obviously, congratulations on your past success, but also the crazy one-of-a-kind two wins at Kentucky as a player and a coach. Uh, just an unbelievable story in the longer term and in the in the short term here. So thanks for representing one of my schools. Where is it? I'm pointing. There it is. UNCW in all the right ways, man. And we appreciate your time today on the David Glenn Show. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, you. Um, whenever you, whenever you come back, or if you can, email me. Send me your address, and I'm going to get you some Under Armour gear. I know. My apologies. <laughs> And I thank you for that, Coach. Uh, Coach Keats, who's still good to me today, uh, may have been re uh, responsible for, for my original old school Adidas shirt. Um, but, yeah, I'll get in touch with you. And we're actually bringing – we have something called a tailgate tour associated with the David Glenn Show. We usually do college football, but we're coming to your game, I believe it is, against Campbell okay. um, later this season. And I occasionally throw out a first pitch at your baseball stadium as well. So uh, – I love that place, and I'm proud to be associated with it. 
So uh, thanks for wearing the, the the teal in all the right ways, man. Appreciate Absolutely. you. Thank you guys for having me. It was great, man. And um, I appreciate everything. I really right do. Right back at you. That's Takeo Siddle, head coach of the UNC Wilmington Seahawks. We'll be back right after this on the David Glenn Show. Hey, folks, David Glenn here for Organize for Success. I am a better person and a more effective business owner for having known and learned from Emily Parks over many years now. Emily's company, Organize for Success, helps multi-passionate business owners and executives bring harmony to all the layers of their lives, from work to side projects, from friends and family to hobbies, community, and beyond. With Emily's help, you too can make every minute matter. She helps you determine what earns your time and how to efficiently accomplish what matters. One of the many things I love about Emily is that she doesn't impose her will on her clients. She listens to them. That way she can better help them cultivate the lives they want to live. You can set up a complimentary call with Emily today by visiting OrganizeForSuccess.com. That's OrganizeForSuccess.com. Okay, that'll do it for today's edition of the program. One last thing, our weekly reminder, please subscribe to our official YouTube channel, Instagram, and Twitter accounts here at the North Carolina Sports Network. Remember that social media handle is at the NC Sports Net, at T-H-E-N-C Sports N-E-T. When you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you are automatically eligible for very cool prizes, including free tickets to upcoming college and pro sporting events, free concert tickets you can attend with or without me, free rounds of golf with or without me, free dinners at places like The Oak in Raleigh or King Neptune in Wrightsville Beach, again, with or without me. We recently gave away a grand prize. The winner had about 10 options to choose from and actually selected four lower-level tickets to a Carolina Panthers NFL home game. Again, it's your choice. Don't blame me. Uh, we also gave away about a dozen smaller prizes at a recent threshold. Our next big threshold is 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Please help us get there by subscribing. It is free and it is easy as clicking the subscribe button right next to this video box where perhaps you are seeing me right now. 1,000 YouTube viewers is right around the corner. You have helped us gain tens of thousands of followers and viewers and listeners in other contexts. We're almost at 1,000 on YouTube. Whether you are subscriber number one or number 999, remember that you do remain eligible for all of the prizes that we give out in these coming weeks and months. The David Glenn Show is an exclusive production of the North Carolina Sports Network. Executive producer, Mike Waddell, the founding partner of NCSN, is the North Carolina Pork Council. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for spending some time with us today on the David Glenn Show. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on the North Carolina Sports Network.